You're listening to the Pops on Hops podcast, where we listen to some pops, drink a little hops, and I get to hang out with my pop. I'm Abigail Hummel. And I'm Barry Hummel, and welcome to our next episode. We are uh, delighted to be outdoors at a venue in Gainesville, Florida once again. Once in Gainesville, always in Gainesville, I guess. Apparently. Where today, Abigail got to choose the album, and I got to pick the brewery. So Abigail, tell us a little bit about the album for today. Absolutely. So we listened to Musique Magnifique by The Procession. Um, And there is very little information about this band and this album online, but we'll get into that later. Why don't you tell us about the beer? Well, today we're at Swamphead Brewery, which is Gainesville's oldest brewery. It's about 13 years old. I think they're going to have their 13th anniversary celebration coming up. It's one of my favorites here in town. I used to go to the older facility, a little small place back in an industrial complex. But now they're in a big, beautiful, sprawling landscape here in, uh, I guess it's technically north... No, I'm sorry. It's a southwestern Gainesville. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're sitting on a lovely deck overlooking a, a small wetlands, and it's just absolutely spectacular. We're going to try three beers today. Abigail and I have not had any of these beers, although we frequently get beer from here. Today we're going to be having Petal Power, which is a New England IPA with, lo- with Laurel, Mosaic, and Sabra hops. We're going to have Low Tide, which is a goes with salt and coriander. And we're going to have Hop Stuff, which is a Belgian IPA. I'm looking over the list and trying to decide what order we should drink those in, Abigail. What do you think? I'm thinking the uh, Low Tide first and maybe the Belgian IPA last. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. Okay, so we'll start off with Low Tide. And uh, shall we have a sip of that so yes, we can get into the music? Absolutely. All right, so we're going to... We're sharing cups today, oh. so there will be there will be beer passed back and That's forth. right. Well... Which is the first time we've done that yet. Well, this has been a very um, uh, uh, COVID-appropriate uh, place. They, they've been very careful. They did mostly takeout for the duration of this, and, and now everything's sort of outdoors, a lot mm-hmm. of limited outdoors uh, service. And unfortunately, they're not doing flights as a result of that because yeah. of the glassware issue. So we had to order a little bit differently today. But because uh, you and I have both been vaccinated... I feel like it's okay for us to share a cup. And the alcohol will kill anything anyway, right? I don't think that's technically correct. It's not. So please, this is not a medical (laughs) podcast and that is not medical advice. Please do not take medical advice from either of us. (laughs) But I will tell you that uh, my initial, um, it's a very light and easy to drink beer, um, lightly tart. And um, there's a hint of salt. I don't get a lot of salt, but there's a little splash of salt in there. And I like that one very much. That one you could drink uh, very easily. Yeah, it's it's just barely tart. Just it's, barely tart, yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, um, I think I think goes as kind of a milder variation on sours anyway. So, um, oh my goodness, there's dogs in the house. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, and by the way, that's our dog. So if you hear barking, that's Mindy either reviewing beer or music. Probably beer because she won't be able to hear the music. Is she deaf? No, that's just that the music only plays in our headphones. Oh, yeah, that's and true. And not out loud for anybody else. Although she <laughs> might be barking, barking at the bar music. So, uh, yeah, I like this one very much. But I think goes tend to be a very light uh, tart mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to what we would c- consider a sour. Mm-hmm. I think there are way more tart and sour variations of a goes. Because um, that's kind of a newer category of beer. And goes has been around for quite a while. Mm. Yeah, I, I read some article online about how goes were killing craft beer. I don't really understand why. I don't understand why. why. <laughs> I, think I like s- Gozes. I think the seltzer market's probably more likely to do that, right? Well, but now breweries are making of course, hard seltzers. Of course they are. So. Uh, absolutely. Like Funky Buddha has a bunch and yeah, national- Bud Light. <laughs> nationally marketed. Well, I'd get a Funky Buddha over a Bud Light. Well, seltzer, wouldn't we all? Just so we know. Okay, so <laughs> again, the album today is Musique Magnifique by 
the procession. And um, so I had a hard time finding it. That was my first issue, right? Uh, I found a used copy on Amazon that I ordered. It hasn't arrived yet. <laughs> so how'd you listen? So then I, uh, you know, I went through the usual things. It's not available on iTunes. Nope. It's not available on Spotify. No. So uh, I ended up on SoundCloud. Oh, yeah. So I had to learn yet another app. And so uh, my entire SoundCloud account is playing this album apparently over and over and over again, which I tend to do. So here was my experience. So once I finally tracked it down and I'm all excited, I'm ready to go, and I start to play track one. And again, instantly, instantly, I love this album. Mm-hmm. This is a very, very fun album. It's a... It's got a lot of late 60s kind of beatly sound to it. It's got a lot of bubblegum pop kind of sound to it, where, uh, wherein I mean like the Archies. Uh, but there are songs on here that would, you could just put them right in the middle of Sgt. Pepper's and they would fit perfectly. Mm-hmm. It's really that late 60s uh, Beatles kind of sound to mm-hmm. it. So, of course, that is something that I've always enjoyed, you know, so that was a that was a major major win for me yeah and so i really really like the album i'm glad i ordered it and it will arrive uh i'm not sure that this band makes any money on that anymore because i don't even know how you find them where they are i tried to find information it's hard to come by i have some that i'll share at the end because there's a couple of odd surprises in there actually uh about the members of the band i'm not even sure how many members there were because i found two videos online and in the first one, there's four members in the band. And in the second one, there's three members in the band. And on the cover album photo, there's only two members mm-hmm. in the band. I don't really know what's going on with the band. You can't really ask them. Uh, they did have a MySpace account. Oh, yeah. Where they described yeah. themselves. Uh, that uh, looks like nothing's been posted since 2007. And Which I think is when this album was released. Yes, this album was released in 2007. And it was released by a company in Britain called mm-hmm. Nude Records that had, was about 10 years old. And around the time that this album was released, the company went belly up, and that may be part of why this kind of disappeared so quickly. And there's one other interesting story about this, which I thought, I don't know who this is or anything about it. There's one song on here that I heard, and I, uh, and when we get to it, I will try to explain how I found it and why I had known it, because it's, very, it's a very bizarre story. I um, have a similarly bizarre story, and I wonder if it's the same. It may very well be the same story, because... Um, how many stories are there with this band? Barely any. True. So I think. How I many stories do we have <laughs> as a family? Uh, a few. Yeah, more than more than this band. <laughs> so anyway, the uh, the um, the album really hit a soft spot for me. I really, really, really enjoyed it. So uh, let's start going song by song, if if you don't mind. Yeah, I, I, I do. I do want to share a little bit of for sure. the information I found, which once again there is very little on the internet, but. Um, as we said, this album was released in 2007, and that is when I first heard um, one of the songs on this album because I distinctly remember listening to it in the first apartment that we lived in when we moved to Florida, and we left that apartment in 2007. So it, I would have needed to hear it in 2007. Um, the group that played on this album is J. Paul Zawacki on lead vocals and piano. John F. Schreffler Jr. on guitar and keyboards, and Greg Jong on bass. Now, it's unclear to me whether Greg is still in the band because their SoundCloud account only lists Paul and John, but he was definitely on this album. And he is in both of the music videos. Okay, interesting. I can confirm that. Okay, great. 
like you said, this album was released in the UK, but Paul and John are from Los Angeles. Actually, at the time, I think they were from Michigan or Minnesota. They were from somewhere in the Midwest. They're, they, you yeah, know. they met in eighth grade in a catechism class, and Greg Jong is a Brit, and so this is really like a transatlantic partnership that produced an album that I, f- I feel feels very British, and um, I sometimes even kind of hear British accents when they sing, and... To me, that is interesting for two for two guys from America, right? And you know, they're one they're one British band member. Yeah, it's almost like when they got picked up by the label. Maybe you know, it was just the two of them, and they added maybe to get their record deal. Oh, interesting. Or, or during the production of the album, this other guy became a member of the band, but then maybe he didn't hang around. I, it's really yeah, it's very confusing, and there's very little information to be able to track that down. But they, I do have some information at the end. I'll share about where they are now. Because I, I, I dug some up. Wow, it's kinda look inter- at you. It's really kind of interesting, actually. Cool. Um, well, I'm ready to go track by track if you are. All right, let's start it off with the uh, very first song on the album. is called The Moment. And this is one that within just a few seconds I, uh, I fell in love with. Birds of prey to sweep through the mix to put us out cold. Like turtles' eggs around in the wrist. Of hatching alone. If you're spending that's just you and the moon, hope you'll realize they're only drooling at those Hollywood squares, wasting their lives. So this makes me think of George Harrison. So when you were talking about the British vocal kind of thing, maybe that's kind of where you got that. That sounds to me like George Harrison singing, and there's a slide guitar that's right out of early 70s George Harrison songs. So this was the first song I heard, and it's just, it's a very, it's got a great pop hook. This is much more of a pop album than a rock album, mm-hmm. I would say. Yes. Uh, but it's got a really cool uh, feel to it, and it sets the tone for the album, and everything on the album's very similar and uh, I really liked it, and I, w- I liked it from the beginning. I liked it from this track. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. It's a great opening track, very upbeat, very fun, which we know those are the songs I like the best. <laughs> um, yeah, I so I only knew one song on this album originally um, until I you know dug it up many, many, many years later um, and was like, hey, I really liked that one song. Um, what about the rest of them? Um, and this was not the song. But the song that I knew is the very next song. Right. Major and Minor. Right. And so I'm going to play this one from the beginning because it's how I remember it when I when I recall hearing it in the past. There is a major and a minor to the key. I'm singing and all that I can say is that a time will come it will be fun and we'll be singing oh every day. October, oh, my timing was great, and then I left her in the pouring rain, and she got bitter, I just couldn't relate, stop at the line, yeah, 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 cause there are times, you know, 
So. That is major and minor parentheses. What she wants. What she wants. And that song started. I went. I know this song. Mm-hmm. Why do I know this song? Why do you know that song? So I dug a little bit, and I have it in my iTunes account. Interesting. All by itself mm-hmm. with the album cover. Mm-hmm. Why do I have this song? Mm, why do you have that song? So I had to go back in time and remember that at some point we bought a computer that had a couple of songs on there as demos, is where I believe I heard it on a on a PC that had it in there when you opened up Windows Media Player. That's what I think. Although now you're making a face like maybe the song was on there because somebody put it on the computer and it wasn't just a demo song. But it was on my computer then, and it's still in my iTunes account now. And uh, what a bizarre thing. I've had this song on my iTunes forever. I don't think I ever played it, except for when I accidentally found it. Mm-hmm. It was what I thought was part of the Windows Media Player software package. But you apparently have more information. I do. So I bought that song back when we shared an iTunes account when I was, you know, in middle school or whatever. Um, And I had first heard it because my little brother, Zach, had an MP3 player that came with a bunch of songs on it, preloaded. Kind of similar to what you were saying, but a little different. And that was, you know, that was his MP3 player. And it came with all this stuff. And major and minor was preloaded on that MP3 player. And the first time I ever heard it, I thought, they sound exactly like the Beatles. Right. Like, I was like, this is a Beatles song. Right. This is bizarre. Yes. Um, and I loved it, and I bought the song on iTunes. Apparently, you can't buy it on iTunes anymore. No, but it's still in our iTunes right. library. So we have a relic. Yeah, it's a family share account. Yeah. And we have this song that's just there. See, I always thought it came... See, the, the I remember the preloaded part yeah. of the story. Yeah, yeah why it was on a computer right. I couldn't figure out yeah okay, so it was an mp3 it player. was an mp3 player that zach had and on the soundcloud for this song all the comments are like did did sansa bring anyone else here because his mp3 player was a sansa something or other how about that so everyone knows it because of that silly little mp3 player that's so funny isn't it yeah and then you wonder like it was clearly a marketing tactic for the band sure so how does that all fall apart you know what i mean like they go from having a um, a song where everybody on the planet is going to hear it that buys the MP3 player, which mm-hmm. you would think, wow, everybody's going to go dive in and buy mm-hmm. this album now, and then it doesn't happen. And then they disappear. It's, it's all so very mysterious. It is very and, odd. And, um, yeah, I think it's pretty cool that we're reviewing this album that potentially yes, no know. one knows exists. Yeah, <laughs> and we're going to play these little clips just to share the clips, and the problem is that uh, if you really want to find the album, you're going to have to do some work. It's going to be a, a big hustle to find well, the record. Well, no, we'll link to the SoundCloud in our show yes, notes. Yes, I know we'll do that, but that means you got to have SoundCloud and, you know, old people like me. We yeah, Another app. Ugh, it's icky sometimes. But if, anyway... If you I, listen on your computer, by the way, there are no ads and, and it's easier. Yes. Just so you know. And you don't need to create an account. Just just FYI. But uh, so now I'm two for two. Like I, I marked down right out of the gate. Oh, I love both of these. Mm-hmm. Love them both. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm a happy man with the album so far. And then we move on to the third song, which is called Don't Let Go. And this is another one that I liked as soon as I heard it.
So again, mid to late 60s Beatles all over that song, and I like that one a lot too. By the way, um, a lot of the songs, I can't tell about this band. It, it was sort of like a, uh, it was all very fun musically. Mm-hmm. And the lyrics, a lot of them, and this is hard for me because uh, I could find lyrics for two songs. Right. So I couldn't do my old sit through the song with the lyrics and see what they're actually talking about. Right. But the sense I get in trying to piece some of these lyrics together is there's a lot of just frivolity. They're, they're not, there's oh, no yeah. depth to the songs. They're it's dumb pop songs. Dumb pop songs. Every single one of them. And it? that's so fun. And it's fun. Yeah. There's nothing deep about any of these lyrics. Um, but they, um, I can't tell if they're doing that tongue in cheek. I feel like they're brighter guy. Like they're, they're in on the joke. That yeah. it's dumb pop songs. Absolutely. Like they totally play that up. Absolutely. Because when you look at their resumes since then, you realize these are really bright guys. Really incredibly bright guys. Oh, interesting. So, uh, and I keep holding that mysterious I know. Part I'm very excited to, to hear. To keep people engaged in the podcast. Now, we do have a problem. The other problem with this album is it's a whopping 10 songs, 38 minutes long. Yeah, it's short. And uh, we're three songs in already, and we are way behind. On beer. On the beer elements of our of our podcast you're so, so right i'm thinking we better review this low tide so we can uh, we can um, move on to another beer yeah so well you take your final sip i just okay. want to my, my the one note i wanted to say about don't let go is that i got sort of a beach boys kind of surf pop surf rock vibe from this song especially the like guitar slide there's like a big guitar yes. slide right yeah. in the chorus mm-hmm. um it, f- it felt it felt beach boy-esque to me yeah, you know, there was a lot of, uh, I'll say it was friendly competition between the Beach Boys and the Beatles back in the 60s. Sure. And uh, Beach Boys, you know, notably worked really hard on their album Pet Sounds to try to one-up the Beatles, uh, some of the Beatles stuff, more experimental type music. And so that was always, and then the Beatles, of course, did uh, Back in the USSR, which is really designed to be yeah. kind of a Beach Boys tune. So there was a little friendly competition there amongst those guys. Well, it's almost like mocking the Beach Boys. Well, it's mocking yeah. California Girls, the yes, song California Girls. That's exactly right. But the point I wanted to make about that is that their sounds were very similar mm-hmm. for those years. Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're not, it's not that they're not indistinguishable. They certainly are. Right. But they did certainly, uh, that era sounds a lot alike. And a lot yeah. of the surf music from California sounds like the Beach Boys. So there's a lot of things that sound similar from those three or four years in the mid to late 60s. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you would totally get a Beach Boys vibe mm-hmm. on some of these songs because of that. Because yeah. musically, they're very similar. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm wrapping up the Low Tide, which is the goes with the salt and coriander. I like it a lot. Like we said before, it's tart. And it's um, um, a little hint of salt. It's not particularly, I don't get it. There's not a lot of fruit to it. I don't get a lot of fruit forward. Um, well, there's no fruit in it. But it's an easy drinker for me. And I am going to give that one a 375. Yeah, I agree. Easy drinking. Just, just barely tart. So that's what makes it easy to drink, right? Right, because you're not you're not you yeah. know slogging through a no, no, super no. sour beer. Right, or or um, or it's not a heavy beer that's gonna you, you know you're not gonna, you're gonna get filled up right because they're heavier. You know, this is you know outside at the beach. This is a perfect one for it that is. sort of. I agree. I agree. Um, I think I'm gonna give it a three point five. Um, that means we're gonna move on now to uh, pedal power, which is the number two in our slot. Today. We're only gonna have three today because we got bigger amounts than we typically do so and only 10 songs and only 10 songs in a 38 minute album so we do have to be behave and no information about the band right (laughs) (laughs) so we're really vamping this might be our shortest episode yet well there's some people out there that'll be happy to hear that but anyway (laughs) pedal power is a new england do you mean our editor (laughs) yeah me because i have to go back and and trim the fat 
the New England IPA uh, with Laurel, Mosaic, and Sabra hops is um, it's a little bit cloudy. It's a lighter beer. It's definitely uh, got a little cloud to it. And uh, I'm going to take an initial sip here and pass the cup. It's quite clear that you picked um, the beer today because we've got two IPA styles. And well, we as were, we know, I'm not the world's biggest fan of IPAs. In all fairness, I would have picked other things, but the menu obviously is a little bit limited, and we picked things we hadn't tried before. We didn't want to go in because we've had quite a few of the things on the menu. So fortunately or unfortunately, um, the choices leaned in my favor. <laughs> Fortunately However, for you. That's a that's a sweet beer. I think um, you're gonna like that one. In this category of beer, I'd be surprised if you don't like that one a lot. That's a that's a really smooth, sweeter New England IPA. Not a lot of citrus to it. No. Not a lot of fruit to it. So um, it I, I and the name Pedal Power makes me wonder what was the what was the uh, agent they threw in there to truncate the hops taste on it. And we may ask them that after the fact if if somebody up there can answer that question for us. Because I feel like they used maybe, um, instead of using a fruit, maybe they used um, flowers. Maybe. You know what I mean? As, yeah. As an agent to try to truncate That's really the hops. interesting. No, I totally agree with you. I, it is very smooth to drink. No, for sure. It's definitely hoppy, but it the, the hops don't really dry out your mouth. Like there's no. some there's some IPAs where the hops just like give you just kind of like a crinkly feeling in your mouth because it's so dry. Um, this doesn't do that. But I'm very used to having hazy IPAs that taste citrusy. And this one has no citrus Zero. character at all, which is very interesting. Well, Citra Hops it's is also not listed as a hop. Oh, that's a good too. point. And that's the a Citra Hops is a, is, might be one. Yeah, I know you're going to explore I know, I'm how trying. to distinguish the taste I'm of trying. various hops. We, haven't, we, we don't have that yet. We know you haven't done all that homework yet. But my recollection is that Citra Hops would be one of the ones that would impart some citric qualities to it and um and and then of course a lot of them use citrus fruit like uh uh, grapefruit Grapefruit. or oranges or Mm -hmm. or limes um but this is it's it's way smoother and way sweeter than most of them without the fruit kind of character Mm -hmm. um and i like it very much i think it's very yeah i like it too i don't get sweetness from it like or a lot of sweetness i guess but um yeah it's super easy to drink well i'm saying it's not it's not like other hazy IPAs I've had so I'm very very intrigued by that it's not sweet um, in this category it's sweet for this category it's uh, it's a mi- it's very mild sweetness but it's sweet as in it's the opposite of dry yeah but it doesn't yeah. taste maybe sweet. it's maybe it's am I, floral maybe is a word I throw in there although I it's not really I think a floral more with a lot of aromatic qualities to it and like I don't botanical get, yeah and i don't get that out of this um, yeah i don't either so we might have to we have to ask and wow this beer has given us the most beer discussion we've ever had i think so it's very complex great job Swamphead. that's a good one all right so now we're back to music while we sip on the pedal power and the fourth song on the album is called mtv song parentheses no relation in parentheses I don't know the things that you said to me When we're on the sofa watching TV It's just another opportunity To make it naked And knowing that you want to get with me After all those times you wanted to be free It makes 
So this is my favorite song on the album, and it has been since the moment I heard it. No way. Yeah. Really? Absolutely. Why? What do I, you like about it? Well, I think um, musically it's a little bit different. Um, keyboard driven at the beginning, and there was just something about that uh, hook musically that I just always loved, and so it always stood out because of that, and um, they... I don't know. I just always liked it. The lyrics are very clear and easy to follow. Yes, that's and, true. And it, it's uh, almost an inside joke kind of kind of uh, set of lyrics. You know, we were talking about that before. Are they are they in on the joke? And this is one of the songs where I feel like they're in on the joke. Mm-hmm. And uh, and as things have moved around, this has not moved. This was my favorite one the first time that through. That is so fascinating. And it stays there. Because this uh, is not... This is maybe at the bottom for me. Not wow. not all the way at the bottom, but it's in my bottom three, probably. How about that? And not, you know, I like every song on this album. However, if you had to rank them, this this would not be even close to the top. Wow. Interesting. No, I, just, I'm, yeah. I don't know. Something about it. I really just enjoyed That's it. That's really and, cool. Uh, yeah, so I like this one a lot. And... Um, you know, I have one on here that's my least favorite, but I'm in the same boat you are. I like everything on here, but, you know, as the exercise goes, I'm going to pick one and put it at the bottom. And so uh, I did that um, as well, but I'm with you. I, They all, by the way, everything on here fits. It's not like there's nothing that jars you out of the album. You know, yep. It's 10 songs. They all feel like they belong together. They all feel like they transition well together. Oh, my gosh. Especially this one into the next yeah. one. It's perfect. It's really great stuff. So, um but yeah, I don't know what it was. It just it was something about the just the nice little pop piano thing and that groove that just always was like, whoa, wow, that's it's it's not it's also got less instrumentation. Yes, that's it's, true. It relies it's, on yeah. fewer instruments, so it's a very simple song mm-hmm. with a great hook, mm-hmm. and they're not using a lot of elements to do that. And they do a lot of things on this album where they they pull some odd sounds in, and they it sounds like somebody's talking through a megaphone, and a lot of that kind of stuff that you would attribute to the Beatles, you know, right. uh, in some ways. Um, but um, but this one's not like that at all. It's just a clean, simple, poppy tune that mm-hmm. I really like. Yeah, I mean the lyrics are easy to hear too. Their vocals are not muddy at all. Um, I do. I heard a line that I kind of just pulled out for the first time when we were just listening to it, which is the, so we begin our history. I just think that's such a nice way to think about meeting someone for the first time. Right. Like, it's not just, it's not just that we're meeting. This is the start of our history. Yes. I just think that's really sweet. And they're doing really simple stuff, right? They're sitting on the tele, uh, on the couch watching MTV. Yeah. You know what I mean? No relation. What's that mean? I don't know. Oh, no relation, right. That's the subtitle. Yes, it, it's bizarre. I don't and know. And I can't figure out what that means. I think it means that MTV, please don't sue us. Oh, that could be. That's what I got from that. You got that? Yes. Huh, interesting. I didn't think like of that. Like, we have no relation to MTV. This is not an officially sponsored MTV you. song. No relation. Yeah. It's like no, a disclaimer. I didn't, I didn't get that kind of thing. I was thinking it had something to do with the relationship, you know, the building relationship that was going on in the song. But um, how as about in, that? As in they weren't related to each other? As if this wasn't going to be a relationship. Oh, I see. You know, I see. this is frivolous for fun. Got it. But not a relationship. Not, not they're disclaiming that they're not cousins. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to know each other. Ooh, we're, not we're not cousins. Don't worry about no it. relation. <laughs> Yeah. That, well, when you say it that way, it kind of sounds defensive. Like right. maybe they actually are cousins. Right, <laughs> right, right. That's what I'm saying. Are they in on the joke? <laughs> Always with this group. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, that, I like that song a lot. It's my favorite one on the album. Next one is Living Alone, track five. 
I like the song. I'm glad I pulled that clip because I was just talking about the guy singing on a megaphone, and that track had mm. that on it. That had that kind of distant voice, mm-hmm. uh, muffled voice, where I think they were using a handheld uh, megaphone to do it to accomplish that effect, uh, or they may have done it, you know, just uh, digitally in post. But I, I dig this song a lot. So as I'm going through this the first time, I'm on track five. I've got five stars next to like liked it, liked it, liked it, liked it, liked it. At mm-hmm. this point, I know I got a winner on my hands. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, this one's a lot of fun. And it, this one makes me think of the Beatles, for sure. Yeah, definitely. This one's in my top three. I love it. Um, I get this song stuck in my head more than any other song on the album. Just the living alone. Like, yes. this just on repeat in my head all the time. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I love this song. Definitely in my top three. It's funny, because um, when I get down to the rest of my top three... Um, what I had was I had stars next to all the ones I really liked on the first pass. I had two stars next to MTV, right? That is so, that's still so interesting to me. And then. I'm glad you liked it, though. What ended up being my third song, my third favorite song, I didn't put a star next to on the first pass. Oh, So, you know, the more the more I listen okay. to things, the more, especially a more complex song, or yeah. I get a vibe of the lyrics, and then some of them, the movement, there's a movement around. But, you know, this song... Um, I liked a lot on my first pass and then it didn't end up in my top three but it's almost like it, it was very hard to put a top three because oh, really yeah. had, I had like a top six on this yeah, album yeah and uh, they well, were all a lot, the, and a lot of songs are similar well that's why right, right. right. so like when they all sound kind of the same not the, not the same in a bad way when they all sound consistent yeah musically consistent it's hard to think ooh that one catches my attention right so then you rely more on maybe the lyrics or what's the song about and maybe that's why it moves up higher on your list because you're you're figuring more of mm-hmm. the story out i yeah. don't know which takes me to song six which you think i would have an emotional attachment to it's called sandra which happens to be my sister's name mm-hmm. your aunt sandy mm-hmm. and uh i'm this is the one i'm putting as my least favorite on the album on the margins, let's be honest. I, you know, it's hard to pick a least favorite on this one, but this is my least favorite, and I think it's just the slowest one on here, and it's very mellow, mm-hmm. and it didn't really jump out at me, mm-hmm. and since I had to put something in the bottom, this would be the one I would put at the bottom, but I but I don't dislike the song, don't get me wrong. I do like it. When, when you mentioned your least favorite song, I was kind of scanning the rest of the track list, and this was the one I predicted would be your least favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so do I know you or do I know yeah, you? Yeah, it's pretty predictable. All right, let's Sad. play a little bit of Sandra. I have to Sandra. throw you a curveball sometimes <laughs> I feel like I'm getting too predictable. No, never. Okay, let's play a little bit of Sandra. In a fly, I dream of your embrace While lying awake in my mansion Stare at your picture while you shot away The guys look the other direction Swear to me that I am your man and you 
Yeah, just a s- slow, mellow song. It's yeah, pretty. It is pretty. It doesn't get me one way or the other, but with everything else on here that's so um, pop sounding with a lot of big musical hooks, um, this one just kind of fell a little bit flat for me. It's it's sparse instrumentally, like your right. favorite song. Exactly right. That's but very s- interesting. But see the difference in the hook. The hook on the yeah, MTV song, which is really bopping along, and this one is just kind of mm-hmm. plodding along. That was really good. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'm here all week. And uh, just a point of order, you know, I'm so predictable. I just want to point out that when we had breakfast this morning before we came over to uh, start working on this, that uh, both you and your mother looked at the menu at the restaurant and guessed what I was going to order. <laughs> And both of you were correct. That is a true story. So, Can confirm. So I'm really getting worried about my uh, predictability in my uh, old Well, age. you know what they say. What's you that? can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well, <laughs> I do. <laughs> and the, and Anyone else hear that raven? I think the raven agreed. <laughs> uh, but I will, I will tell you that I did order one of the most interesting things on the menu. So maybe that's why I'm predictable is that I didn't. Um, right? Don't you think? You're predictable in the sense that you will go for the thing you've never tried before. Right. And I'm the same way. I'm about ready to try some fried raven. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we can't be mad at the raven. He lives here. Yeah, We're that's invading. Right. We're invading. But the joys of working outside. By the way, I just want to point out that this is the sixth one we've recorded in the sixth different location. Yes, we have yet to repeat a recording locale. That's awesome. Although I think we have a Zoom one coming up uh, with a guest. So yeah. there may be a, an opportunity to repeat digitally but yes, I, actually i like that we get to go to different places and uh, yeah it's it's well first of all it's fantastic that these breweries will let us come out i know just plop and record and, here yeah. well and like use their electricity right right but um yeah it's we've been to garden state beer company we've been to black adder brewing company and now we're at Swamphead brewery and all three have been fantastic recording venues, and we're we're so grateful to yeah, have that it's, opportunity. It's, a, it's a been an amazing experience so far, and we're just and we're just playing. I mean, we're <laughs> like we're like That's just true. winging it, and, yeah. and some of these folks we really even are heard, just playing. Some of these folks haven't even heard any of the things we've done before. Right. Have no idea what they're getting themselves into, and and most have been so appreciative and so happy that we've. Uh, it's true that we've shown well, up. The, the the beer tenders today were like, "Don't go too hard on us." I know. <laughs> Like, we were like, you're our favorite brewery in town. Yeah. Don't you need to worry? We're kind of picking places early on that we know we're going to like. Yeah. So for yeah. that reason, because, um, you know, it, it would be uh, interesting. At some point, I'm sure we will pop in somewhere where we go, well, they make beer. And <laughs> it's, you know, it's average beer. and But we've picked, you know, we have the luxury of... Uh, working with places so far that we know that we've been to and gratefully we're, we're able to try things we've never had before which gives us a an interesting way to rate them but we know going well, in that that we like the place and so. we both have the luxury of living in cities where there happens to be pretty great beer scenes around us oh for gosh sake yeah Th- this was the original one here in Gainesville I think there are five in Gainesville now just yeah. the little, the, I, I say the little town of Gainesville but you know I live down in Broward County in between Miami Dade Broward and Palm Beach counties there's 40 craft breweries yeah, down there. Yeah, yeah. That's like two years worth of episodes just in South Florida. Like, I don't want to do it that way, but the fact of the matter is that we could do this. Like, we'll never get to all the places yeah. we would like to get to. So, And we're going to run out of albums. We're going to have to go to albums that we both know. And we're just vamping for the sake or of Or albums vamping. we both don't know. Oh, that's a good idea, too. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea, too. Because albums we I, don't there know. are whole genres I know nothing about. Yeah. Hip-hop. 
I know nothing sure. about. For sure. Well, Absolutely we had, nothing. We did have that conversation with your Uncle Derek about how he's the yeah. tweener between your taste tweener. in music and yeah. my taste in music. He was the 80s and 90s kid who did a lot of grunge and a lot of hip hop yep. and Beastie Boys. And and we have had a loose conversation about him from sliding us an album sometime like, here's something you all need to listen to. And um, Well, and my brother, Zach knows a ton about hip-hop same thing right he he's, could right, he could slide right. us an album so but he's like he's like current hip-hop so right right absolutely that would so, be really cool so before we get too far off on a tangent yes i think we should probably rate pedal power sure and uh i'm gonna take one more sip while you vamp a little bit okay i i, I wanted to say one thing about sandra that i didn't get to so i'm glad you took a sip okay there's that line where he says he's lying awake in his mansion and we talked when we reviewed the paul mccartney and Wings album about how, you know, when when artists are young and broke, they can write all kinds of, you know, angsty, angry songs because they have things to be angsty and angry about. Yes. And when they grow up and they get rich and they lie awake in their mansions. Yes. <laughs> That's funny that you picked they, up on that. They make dumb pop songs. Yeah, right, right, And right. Um, I, I don't think they're rich enough to have mansions. No, but that's another one of those. They're are in they a, in on the joke? They're, they're clearly, I think they are. clearly in on the joke. Anyway. There's no doubt. He's so, lying awake in his mansion. I was like, cannot relate, sir. I have nothing else to add on pedal power. I get to say I, I love it. I'm going to give it a four. It's a, a sweet, interesting, uh, cloudy IPA. A little different than in that category than a lot of stuff I've had. And mm-hmm. I think that's why I like it so much. And by the way, that's one of my favorite categories of beer to begin with. So I'm all in on this one. I'm giving that a 4.0 on the old untapped scale. Very nice. By the way, untapped. Buy it with a way. <laughs> if you're not listening, you should be. <laughs> and if you're not sponsoring us, Abigail thinks you should. Give us money. All right. I'm going to give this a 3.75. Um, wow, that's interesting. Because, again, I, I try my darndest to rate the style against the style. And as a cloudy, hazy, northeast IPA goes... I really like this one. It's complex. It had me talking about it for a long time. Yeah. So um, I'm very intrigued by it, and I like it a lot. So that's a 3.75. Awesome. Yeah, I like it a lot. It's probably, uh, I've had a lot of beer from this place. I like most all of them, but that one stands out. If, um, but I haven't had a lot of their cloudy IPAs. A lot of the stuff that, that we get on cans is a lot of their fruitier things yeah. and, and their sours and that kind of stuff. They can a lot of those. Well, that's because I'm the one buying the cans to bring home that's to you. That's true. And that's <laughs> that's my style of choice. Shoot. I mean, <laughs> I have to start showing up to buy it myself. Maybe I'd get something in my, uh, my Maybe. preferred category. Maybe. Okay, so let's move on to the next beer. And by the way, as I take a sip of this beer, this is my 6,000th unique beer <gasps> on Untapped. No way. You hear that, Untapped? <laughs> yeah, this is, this is number 6,000 unique. Unique. Now, remember, a lot of those are, I do a lot of tasters. Yep. So don't be thinking I've had, uh, and by the way, that's since 2013, I think, summer of 2013. Still a significant number of beers per year, but a lot of flights and a lot of tasting and a lot of sampling, and that's how you get up to 6,000. But uh, this is it. Yeah, this is number 6,000. Famously, you will order a cider for my mom, your wife, who has a different last name from us. Her last name is Cider. And you'll have one sip of it, and 
you get to claim that on well, Untapped. I rate it. Yes, I you rate it. it. I rate it. I take the picture. And, and you and, and I, you say that you're sipping cider with cider. Inside joke. It always says that. And by the way, last night for dinner, uh, we had we bought some takeout uh, food, and I went and got some beer at a craft beer place here in, in uh, Gainesville. And um, I went to the cider window, and I bought a single can of cider for Mom. And, and she hated it. it. Well, it wasn't, well, it a, wasn't cider. a cider. It was, it was a, a sour. sour. And I blew it, and I thought it was a, it was in the cider shelf, and I saw the flavors on it. I thought, oh, this will be cool. She never had this, so uh, she didn't like it. We got to taste it, rate it. <laughs> That's how you get to six thousand. And it was all right. <laughs> it was all right. I didn't have any problem because it was a sour. It was interesting. It had it was brewed with spirulina, which is like a very turquoise colored algae. Yes. And so That's it had it had kind of like a well, it was called a cyan something yeah. sour. And it did. It had like a pale green it cast did, yes, it to looked it, like which it was, was very bizarre. <laughs> it looked like it was a tidal algae invasion. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, right? exactly. It was like it, a red tide, but yes, green. Yes, it was a green tide. Green tide. But it was. But I, uh, I enjoyed that a lot actually. But it wasn't my intention. My intention was to get Mama cider to have with dinner, and I, and I blew it. Well, we did. We did rate that on Untapped. So. If any of our listeners are following us on Untapped, they can go um, see what we thought about it yes, in our ratings. And you can see the picture of me and your mother holding the can. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> so, uh, initial thoughts on this one. I like this very much. It drinks similarly to the other one. Not identical. Maybe a little hoppier to me uh, than the previous one, but it has some sweetness to it. It's certainly cloudy, and uh, I'm a fan of that one, too. Um, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I, so I don't want to uh, correct you or say you were wrong earlier, but I have had this one before. Um, this was one of the four cans that Swamp had put out for their Valentine's Day beer and cookie pairing. Oh, wow. Um, and which I did with my two friends. We shared the four cans and shared the four cookies, and it was a really fun time. Um, this, I think, when we tried it, when we had that tasting was universally our least favorite. I think it was paired with, I want to say an oatmeal raisin cookie. And we needed the cookie in between the sips. Um, Now drinking it, maybe it's because it's on draft. I don't mind it as much as I remember disliking it the last time. Um, It's really not the style I prefer. Um, So this is not a knock against Swampheads brewing capabilities it's just it's 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 very hoppy i don't think it's overwhelmingly hoppy but there's definitely it's hoppy compared to the last one and it's and and it's dry like it it, yeah it's dry it dries out drier yeah my mouth right it's dry at the end i will tell you that it's hard to i've done some of these pairings too and i've rated a lot of beers and doing these pairings i did one with halloween candy one time Mm -hmm. that was incredibly interesting yeah it was so hard to rate the beer because First, I'd try the candy and drink the beer afterwards. What did that? How did that go? Then I'd drink the beer and then eat the candy afterwards. Well, how did that go? And I would, but I'd struggle because when you put a flavor like a sour apple, I had one of them was a caramel apple lollipop. You know, oh, so it's caramel covered green lollipop. And when you have that, and you're trying to rate a beer. It's not really fair for the beer. So I find those pairings interesting, but I find them very complicated to try to rate the beers on an individual basis. So your your reaction to this beer may be different, one, because it's on draft, but also because you're not trying to figure out how it plays into an oatmeal cookie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a fair, yes, that's a fair point. It was interesting when they did that pairing. They gave us little cards that, you know, described the beer, described the cookie, why they paired them together. 
And for some of them, they even told you what order to consume them in. So for the oatmeal raisin, they were like, put a bite of cookie in your mouth. Do not swallow it. <laughs> then drink the beer. Well, how are you going to rate a beer doing that? But, well, sure. But, but you but know, for the, taste for the tasting, yes, I, their intention was not, you know, for me right. to go and rate the beer. Their intention no. for me was for me to have a beer and cookie pairing, and that's right. what I did. So when you go back, though, and look at your rating on this, um, you may want to reconsider how you rated it. Like you're, I would oh, give it. A, no, I'm I would give it a number today. Yes, I'm going to give it an independent rating today, yeah, and I do like I do like it more than I remember liking it the last time. So I'm sure you know I don't remember what rating I gave it, but I'm sure it's going to be higher, and that's okay. And I like this one very much, and it's probably I'm going to end up probably rating it the same because as we always talk about with the quarter point scale, it's hard to give something a four point one. Right. This is mar- to me marginally better than the last one, which I loved also. So I'm probably going to end up giving this one a four. I don't think it's going to pop up to a four and a quarter. But um, but let's let it warm up before we decide. But, yeah. Let's let, let's not make that decision now. Yeah. Let's hear some We've more music. We've got four more songs to listen All to. All right. Let's do it. All right. So number seven is uh, Don't Hesitate. Stick this one right in the middle of Sergeant Pepper's. Mm. It, would, it would fit right in there. Mm-hmm. You know, take a, pick a song you want to pull out, and it's the keyboard. It makes you things. You know, it would it. The keyboard is what jumped out at me. This is my second favorite song on the album. It has been since the first time I listened to it. Okay, interesting. Two stars next to this one too, and this one has a video attached to it. I, by the way, on the YouTube channel that we have, I have a file that I started called Podcast References. Oh, okay, and I'm stuffing things that we talk about in there or things I come across that I think I might talk about on the show. So I have... Well, that's very cool. Both uh, music videos from this album are in there. This one's very interesting. Only three of the members are in it, like we talked about before. They shot it with a Super 8 movie camera, which is super cool. Wow. And you could tell they did it on their own. Like, there's no production value to it at all, unlike their first video, which is for... Um, Major and Minor. Major and Minor. Uh, which has a lot of production value to it. It's just the three guys. They're running around in the streets with a Super 8 camera playing. They set their instruments up on a street corner by a light pole. It looks like they kind of fake play the song. And at the end of the thing, they just pack their gear up and they're shoving it in the car. Wow. It's a very cute video. Yeah. And it's very nostalgic because it, it not only does the music take you back to, to that era, but the uh, the way they shot that video does as well because you could definitely you definitely feel like you're in the 60s or 70s with the way they shot it. Um, and yeah, so this was um, my second favorite song of that. And again, it reminds me of George Harrison to a certain degree when he when the singer is singing. And so I think that may be you know that kind of emotional hook for me. But yeah, I like this one a lot. This is also my second favorite track. Cool on the album. Yeah, I love I love this song. I so earlier when you mentioned that there was a song that made it to your top three that you didn't star on your first round through i thought it was going to be this one. Oh, that's interesting because i kind of had the same 
reaction to it, I, you know, when it comes on, it's a slower song. I normally vibe with the more upbeat songs. But the more you listen to it, it's the way they use their vocals as the rhythm section mm-hmm. and the piano carries the melody. It is absolutely fascinating yeah, to and me. they harmonize a lot and they harmonize beautifully thinking, thinking Beatles, um, it's 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 absolutely fascinating yeah it's a great song yeah it's a really it's but a I really beautiful it, song i liked it from the first pass uh, and again i think the piano hooked me in like it did with mtv i think those two songs the piano the, the keyboard element to it is the thing that kind of drew me in where it was more prominent in those two songs and they ended up being two of the songs on my first pass that i liked the most interesting and it's that kind of keyboard-sounding thing that you would hear kind of in a Lady Madonna vein. Mm. It's not that the Lady Madonna would fit on Sgt. Pepper's. The, the style of this would fit more on, on Sgt. Pepper's. Uh, but the, the, the way the keyboard sounds reminds me of the way the keyboard sounded on Lady Madonna. And, and so, yeah, I get sucked in. with. I hear that and I go, ooh, I think Beatles. And then I'm, I'm locked in. I give it a more careful listen. So I've always liked this song from the beginning. Good. That takes me to track number eight which is I Want a Golden Light. She wakes up late at night To make it to work on time To make it somewhere in life In a city that's always night He's got to make sacrifice Living in all his bright Cause he who struggles to make a dime So I, I picked that section because I love the transition from the kind of slower part to when it kicks in mm-hmm. at the chorus. And this is the song that the first time I listened to it, to the album, I made no notes on it. And this is my third favorite song on wow. the album. Wow. I really, really like this song. And I think I think that transition is part of the reason that I like it now. And maybe I didn't really key in on it the first time it's a you know it's a pretty mellow um, set of verses and then a a harder edge chorus Mm -hmm. and um, ultimately I I thought that was a cool construction for the song but it took me a while to to discover that yeah it took me multiple listenings to discover that so that's my third favorite song on the record wow very cool yeah you picked a long section for that one so I figured there was a lot (laughs) that I wanted you to hear in that and I you know I'm always trying to be careful not to you know play too much of these things right but um, again we don't want to infringe on any copyright no and and um I don't know that these guys are even talking to each other anymore. So <laughs> I challenged them to track us down and say, you played 55 seconds of I Want, I want a Golden, a golden Light, light <laughs> um, on your podcast. But uh, anyway, uh, but I think it's, it, I, I structurally, I think I needed to do that to get the flavor of what I liked about that song out there. So my apologies if I went five seconds long. But anyway, uh, I just love that song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it too. Um, I, it's not in my top three. It's not in my bottom three. I, it's very middle of the road for me. And I really didn't dive into the lyrics on that, but the title, I Want a Golden Light, makes me also, again, think of George Harrison and a lot of the songs he wrote for the Beatles, which were very much, you know, in that sort of Indian uh, karma kind of religious mm, thing that he took. Interesting. You know, that he ended up 
having a deep dive in that kind mm-hmm. of uh, religious mm-hmm. um, study. And I Want a Golden Light just made me think of that. Yeah, that makes you know? sense. And so I'm not saying that sounds too much like it. It could be a George Harrison song on All Things Must Pass. It would fit on All Things Must Pass very, very well, actually, that song. I don't think I'm familiar with that album. Uh, I'll make a note. Add it to the list. Yeah, that'll be a long <laughs> episode because that's a three-disc set. Oh, my word. But I think, We might have to split that one. I think that we could skip the third disc um, and just focus on the first two. But okay. it was a triple album. He had a lot to say when the Beatles broke up. Clearly. Because he didn't get very many songs on the albums. Yeah. And his, I think he was stockpiling for, like, years. And so he just he, his first album is brilliant but long. Mm-hmm. There's a lot on it. And it has a couple of my favorite George Harrison songs on it. So maybe I'll, I'll dig, I'll put, I'll, may add that one to the list, but I got 24 other ones to get to first. So oh we might have to go back and revisit All Things Must Pass. George does happen to be my favorite Beatle. It's interesting, you know. I've, I've, uh, I've always been a McCartney guy. We talked about that As a couple of know, episodes famously. back. famously. <laughs> and, and so I always came at it from McCartney, from the McCartney end of it. But over the years, George Harrison became the more interesting guy to me. He, he didn't put a lot of albums out. He challenged himself musically. He did some real cool collaborations. Yeah. To, you know, to, Traveling Wilbury's probably been the best one. Yeah. And he had that sort of religious center, and I wouldn't say like kind of non-sectarian religious center mm. to him because mm-hmm. he was really more about the spiritualism of some of the Eastern uh, influences. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, a lot of his songs carried that with it. And um, and so uh, his some of his songs are incredibly deep, uh, pop-driven, but very deep lyrics. And yeah, over the years, I got to be more of a George Harrison fan. And sadly, you know, with John Lennon dying, you don't know what his last 40 years would have looked like. Because right. he had an interesting uh, set of solo albums in the 70s, um, and and then we you know we lose him, so you don't know what. So we 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 grow up listening to the other three, and uh, the one I got way more appreciation of now over time is George Harrison, mm-hmm. and I and I hear a lot of George Harrison in these songs. I hear Beatles songs that would be George Harrison Beatles songs. Interesting like is what I'm hearing on this album. Interesting. Any other comments on I Want a Golden Light? No, sir. All right. How about we move on then to the penultimate track on here, which when I printed out the track list was called In the Heart, but it's not. It's called In the Least. Yeah, I wonder what happened there. Well, it's uh, that lack of information on the band. It just, it's crazy. Like you you downloaded that directly from the internet and it had the wrong title. Right off of a site that listed who the producers were and the record company and all that had the 10 track names on it. Very for bizarre. Which I was going to put my notes on, right? That's how I do it. I yeah. put the track list. And uh, the song comes on like, what is it? And I had to figure out that the thing was wrong. Wow. So you saw I just drew a line through there and said, it's not in the heart, it's in the least. What? That is so bizarre. <laughs> this band is so mysterious. They keep getting mysteriouser and mysteriouser. Hmm, curiouser and curiouser. Indeed. All right, let's play a little bit of In the Least.
Yeah, so another one I like a lot. Interesting construction on that. And, um, you know, it's not my top, you know. It was actually one I didn't star initially when I went oh, through the list. You know, I, I starred about seven songs on here. Out of um, ten. Out of ten. And this wasn't one of them, but not because, you know, I don't like the song. I do. I like the song very much. Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. So, but I don't have any big big time notes on this one because it, it wasn't one of the ones that I really focused in on when I was listening to it. Um cool rhythm guitar yeah in this sure. that that was the main thing i pulled out um yeah it's just a, a fun solid song fun pop song a dumb pop song. <laughs> so that takes us to the final song on the album called don't you wish and um this was one of the other ones i didn't put a star on next to and it's grown on me over time i do like this song and so here's a little bit of don't you wish So this one's a silly pop song about uh, oh, wanting, yeah. wanting a drug that would just make everything okay. Oh, yeah. Don't you wish. Don't you, you wish. wish. This is my fourth favorite track oh, on good. the album. Okay. I, I just love this song because it's exactly what it purports to be, right? It is a dumb pop song. Right. The lyrics mean absolutely nothing, and I love it. Well, I think this is one of the ones where I thought, oh, they're in on the joke. Don't you wish there was a jug that just made everything all right? La, 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 la. Like, it's so fun. Yeah, and it's just really a fun up. You're talking about, uh, I think on the last episode, when you were talking about the two songs where they're talking about, this is a very fun song about, like, 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Sure. And this is in that vein where they're, it's a very dumb pop song about kind of a complex issue. Don't you wish there was a drug that made everything all right? Uh, it's kind of a deep question, right? Yeah. Um, but again, the way they sing it, it's like, I feel like they're in on the joke. Yeah. I feel like the whole album, they're in For on sure. the joke. You know, and with this these guys. And this is the second song on an album we've reviewed where they mention clothing brands. Yes. <laughs> they're t- but in very different veins, right? Here yeah, they're talking yeah. about they want to buy clothes and shoes that aren't from Kohl's or Payless. Right. So you you can think maybe they want to be like the Happy Fits and they want to wear Versace Versace and Klein. Absolutely correct. I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, there's a lot of wealth references on this too, right? right. Waking up in the mansion. Right, right. I know, right? And now they can't even afford, I mean, they can only afford Kohl's and Playless. Yeah. Playless, Based on on the sales of this album, I'm not sure they can afford that. Oh, that's a harsh... (laughs) Well, I don't know. I can't find any information, you know, about these guys. And I can tell you, none of them are, well, they're not in a musical band now. Yeah. So, uh, as fate would have it, so I'm like, I, I listen to this album, I love this album, I'm like, how does this album not get more attention? Now, I know it, it represents kind of a, a retro musical style, but it's so much fun, you would think there's got to be an audience for something that's so much fun. So when Oh, I go gosh, to, and people have so much nostalgia about that era, yeah. right? So, I start going and looking stuff up, right? So, I'm looking up, that you know, they have a YouTube page with their two videos on it called We Are 
the procession or something like that. And that's all that's on there. Mm-hmm. The two videos. Mm-hmm. Like there's no other references, no other notes. It's clearly not attended. Right. And then, you know, there's a MySpace page, no Facebook presence. There's like, it's so bizarre. Yeah. And so uh, I go, well, who who are these guys? I go find this article, right, about the band. Mm-hmm. And forgive me because I have to pull actual notes up that I need to look at. So uh, give me a second. So... Here's the. This is the biography which I think I lifted from MySpace. Oh, okay, um, okay. Right. Hi, we're the procession. Two of us, Paul and John, started this whole thing back in Michigan in 2003. We spent a long, fun time recording a handful of songs on an eight-track, which became an EP. The EP then found us a manager and a publisher, and the label, and a whole slew of other exciting things that sound like they are a big deal. It also found us a 16-track. Which sounds like it isn't a big deal, but it is. <laughs> That's anyway, so cute. <laughs> anyway, time passed, and we started to think that we were pretty clever. So we made a record called Musique Magnifique. Shortly thereafter, Musique Magnifique, in conjunction with manager and publisher, gave rise to other important entities and alliances such as California, British record label, and additional bandmates, Greg, Jesse, and Andy. And before we knew it, we were us, and we had a lot more than we had when we started. Now we are playing a lot more music than we used to, which is a good thing, and we are most certainly having a good time. We are also meeting a lot more people than ever before, and we'd love to make your acquaintance, too. So reach out, guys. We're ready. Right, Abigail? I would love to make their acquaintance. <laughs> well, Paul and John call us. Yes. Interesting that it's Paul oh, and yeah, John. Oh, yeah, Paul and John. That's funny. Uh, I just, uh, how about that? I and, Greg. That. and Greg. <laughs> and Greg. And <laughs> Greg. George was taken. Yeah. Um, Come out to a show, hang out with us, or leave us a comment or a message. We will try our best to get back to you. Thanks for stopping by, and please stop by again. Best wishes, and thanks for reading. So that's on there. Um, that is that is such a sweet, just like down-to-earth little I know, message. I know, but it almost reads like one of those Beatles Christmas. Oh, uh, my gosh. I was thinking <laughs> the exact same thing. So then I Oh, we're meeting a lot of people now, yes, and we're playing a yes. lot of music. Like, it's all very vague. We and said it's like, we like jelly bellies, and now please stop sending them. We've, we've got way too many jelly bellies. It's almost, like, it's almost like they're pretending they're less of a big deal than they are. Right. So then I go and I, I read, I find this review from March of 2007 about the album. Uh, when it leads, the lineup is just Jay Paul Zawacki, John F. Schreffler Jr., as you mentioned before, and Greg John, who we talked about before. Mm-hmm. And they're described as like one of those early 70s power pop bands who saw it at the height of Prague, singer songwriter, navel gazing, and heavy metal mania. A return to the simple verities of the mid 60s, hook driven, harmony laden, three minute radio pop. And that's clearly what the album was. That, but the, so from that, that I got... There were a lot of words in that sentence. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> basically saying, you know, there's all this kind of... It's like a it's like a, a, a blowback to grunge. Let's, mm. let's get back to songwriting when it was fun and not all about, you know... Let's write down pop songs. Discordant angst and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, from that I got the names of the bandmates, right? So yeah. I had three names to work with. I had Zawacki, I had Schreffler, and I had Greg Jong. And what I found was that... Our good friend Jay Paul Zawacki oh boy. is um, a clinical social worker in the faculty at the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Sciences at the Keck School of Medicine of USC, University of Southern California. This is definitely him. I've looked at the picture. Wow. Yeah, so he went on to do um, uh, a lot the, more he, education. He's, right, he's the one the, I played in the picture. Yes. That's the guy you played in the photo that we're going to put up on Instagram when we do this. But look, he got his, he serves as the liaison for the School of Cinematic Arts, the Viterbi School of Engineering, and Thornton School of Music at USC. Wow. So he went on to have a big academic career. 
Our other friend, John F. Schreffler Jr., is listed as an actor. <laughs> and he portrayed himself in the Punisher episode of Roadhouse Blues. He performed the songs The Outsider, Outlaw You, Wild and Lonesome, The Other Life, and The Real Me. And so he's got an IMDb credit for being in the Punisher playing music. Wow. That's the only thing I could find about the guy. That he is has no other credits or anything else. Greg Jong, who I forgot to print out, yeah. does soundtrack music in Los Angeles now. Wow. He's a soundtrack artist, which makes me think of, uh, we have friends who do that in L.A., Ian Reese being somebody who we might, maybe we'll invite Ian on sometime because he's a musician and he might be kind of fun to interview about yeah, that'd some, be cool. of, some of his music, uh, which is basically soundtrack music for films in Los Angeles, and that's what Greg Jong is doing. So they... They are all doing stuff that's related to music. Yeah. One's in the sc- you know a, a professor in the school of music. One's doing performed on. The, and I got to go find this Punisher episode uh, on Netflix and try to find this and watch this with this guy in it. It's definitely him. And uh, so interesting. And then the thing about Greg John was really interesting. So they're all doing stuff. Yeah. And it's like, so what really happened here? What was the real problem that? drove them apart was it a big money thing did it have something to do with the label going belly up did it ha- i don't have a clue i feel like they started with four members in that great polished video and maybe the financing fell out from the from the publisher or not from the publisher from the uh from the production label and so like their next video people had fled the band and now they're down to three and they're shooting with a super eight camera and now all of a sudden they've all just broken up and here's this pop jam that they created yeah that is very difficult to find that is just beautifully done yeah. and a lot of fun. And it just makes me feel so sad. I don't know that these poor guys who did this really cool album are like, how does that not become a thing when you do something that's so much fun? I don't know. But anyway. Well, I don't think it's safe to assume that there's any bad blood between the three of them. It just may, you know, it may have been just like an accident of history. And, and you know, maybe part of the joke is that you can't find this album anywhere. Maybe, Matt, may, we've been talking about, they're in on the joke, they're in on the joke. Maybe this is their final joke. You th- <laughs> I don't know about that. That's very, uh, like, it's interesting. We'll talk about that in a minute, about the, being in on the joke. But um, Because I think it's my turn to give you an album. It is. So, uh, but, yeah, I don't think that their final joke would be, we did this great album, and, but we're just going to hide it in plain sight and nobody can really find it. I, I think they would take the other path if given the other path. My big, I feel like the label going belly up right when their album came out, it's probably the single biggest death knell to their career that they could have. It makes sense. And they were clearly delighted to be playing more music than they'd ever played before. Yeah. But I also feel like they all had other goals and interests. Yeah. I mean, when a guy goes on to be a college professor... The music as a hobby. Yeah, and a social worker. Yeah, and maybe they were on the cusp of greatness, and when it fell apart, it didn't matter because it they all had backup plans. That wasn't their fallback position. Right. Their fallback position wasn't to make a fortune in music. Right. They had a fortuitous career journey, and it didn't all work out in the end. And it and they all landed on their feet anyway. I feel like that might be part of the story. But it'd be really interesting to reach out and try to find these guys and just ask the question. I didn't do it before this, but I feel like I might want to go back and like email the guy from USC and just go, listen, uh, here, listen to this podcast. We'd really like some answers. Yeah. <laughs> 
You're very mysterious. You're a mysterious guy to Dr. us. Dr. Zawacki. And we, and we love you. So please, please, please <laughs> answer some questions. So anyway, I uh, I really enjoy the album. Again, you're three for three on giving me things that I've that I've enjoyed that I will definitely listen to again. Excellent. To the point where I've actually ordered this so I can put it on and not have to Spotify it. Or, uh, not Spotify it. SoundCloud it where I get about a commercial about every three songs when I listen to it. Um, I really am looking forward to getting this album and, and listening, giving it a proper listen without all the commercial breaks. But I, I really do like the album a lot. Good. I'm really glad you like it. I'm glad I could share it with you. So I think I'm going to wrap up uh, reviewing this last beer, and then we'll uh, we'll get to the big announcement of the next excitement. Huh? Oh, I'm very excited. This is my favorite part of the podcast, mm. is finding out the next album the you next have in be. store for me. I know. It's like very looking forward to the future i'm really torn on this one i, I think i'm going to give it a um this is the hop stuff the belgian ipa mm-hmm. uh i like it even better now that it's a little bit warmer i'm not sure i like it 4.25 you know I, that's a special place in my heart at 4.25 so i feel like i would give it a higher rating than a four if i could have come on on tab give me those 10 point intervals point ones point ones please i don't think that's necessary okay untapped. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to give this one a four because I enjoyed it. Very, by the way, four for me. If you get above a four, you're you're in stellar territory. So. Uh, and you gave two fours today. Yeah, I gave two fours today. Four's a four's a four's a really solid high rating for me, and it's got to be something pretty spectacular to go up the chain. What are you giving this one so I can take the notes? Because I know we can't untap while we're sitting here. So what do you got? Uh, this is a three point five for me. Three and a half. I do like it better now that it's warm. But yeah. It's a 3.5. Yeah, I, w- so like I, I enjoyed the, for me, a 3.5 means I enjoyed the experience of drinking it. A 3 means I would drink it again if it were in the room, if it were the only thing in the room. It's, this one's a 3.5. So it would be interesting to go back and look at your previous rating and see how it compares to... Oh, I could tell you right now. I gave it a 2.75 last time. 2.75. And they gave it a 3.5 today. That's a big leap. That so is the, a huge the, leap. That tells me the cookie impacted the experience. <laughs> Maybe. And I, if I remember correctly, I was the one who put this beer in untapped. Oh, how about that? It didn't exist before I entered it. You entered it in untapped. I did. That's very I cool. I think all four of the Valentine's Day beers I had to put in untapped. How about that? Yeah. I've, I happen to have entered a lot of stuff into untapped from Swamphead because... I'm here all the time, you get it, right, right. <laughs> and you, I drink things as soon close. as they come yeah. out. So, um, yeah, that was a big leap. That was 0.75. That's a huge leap of a point. Wow. Yeah. All right. So, um, I'm going to do something a little different for the next album. Okay. And that is, I'm going to pick one that has a lot of family stories to it. I feel like you may have some familiarity with the album. And we talked before that I'm a huge Beatles fan, and that you're familiar with a lot of Beatles albums. But I'm going to give you as an assignment. The Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. Which I don't play a lot now. And the reason is um, that it was an EP in England because it was based on a TV special, a film that the Beatles did. And there was about six songs in there, and they released an EP in England. And, of course, the American companies don't want that. They wanted a full album. And so the backside of the album was not a bit of a cheat, but they took a bunch of singles that had never been on an album and put it on the backside of the American version of Magical Mystery Tour. Interesting. I want you to listen to the American version of Magical Mystery Tour, okay. which has you know songs, six songs on the front, six or seven, ending with I Am the Walrus, and then the backside has a bunch of singles, including Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane. I know these are songs that you've heard. Yes. I know these are songs lots of people have heard. Mm-hmm. But... 
there's a lot of reason that I want to talk about this album in sort of the my history of um, uh, music, mm-hmm. listening to music, uh, understanding music, and and having a real appreciation of music. And this album hits that. I'm going to share some stuff with you that's um, a little off the wall, to be honest with you, uh, with this particular album. And so, uh, Magical Mystery Tour is my next entry. Great. I'm excited to hear it. I, I'm looking at the track list now, and I do indeed know most of these songs. However, I've never listened to this as an album. And right, right. based on what you're telling me, um, it should be an interesting experience because it wasn't really built as an album it's not built as an album um so i'm 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 excited to hear it so thank you for suggesting this it really song. is a collection of you know i want to say 13 hits 13 <laughs> songs well the front side's not all necessarily hits i mean some of them are you'll know them mm-hmm. uh but as far as hits on the front side not so much because they were songs really written specifically for this made for tv movie thing that they did which is very bizarre i did have an opportunity to see it and that'll be part of the story that i share when we talk uh when we do the family part of the beer music and family next time cool um, but uh, it doesn't play the way, an al- and I think that's why I don't play it a lot, and that's why I think you may not have heard it played as an album in the house very much, because for me it was a, it was an oddity in their album collection. Didn't really, it was a U.S. album, not a British album, and it didn't play very cohesively as an album, mm-hmm. even though the songs individually are great. Uh, but it has a really deep emotional connection to me for a lot of reasons, and that's what we're going to focus on next time. Excellent. A little less music, a little more family. Looking forward to it. A few snaps from the Beatles. So anyway, we'll do that Same one. amount of beer? Hopefully. That's the important part. Hopefully the same amount of beer. Hopefully, well, actually, hopefully... Um, Maybe more flight-driven. More flight-driven <laughs> and, less, less and, less, uh, and less 12-ounce pours. Uh, but so, yeah, we, and, you know got to have a Beatles album in here at some point. Of course. I picked probably the weirdest one and, Good. And for a lot of reasons. So, anyway. I'm very much looking forward to it. We'll take that magical mystery tour next time. Yes. Uh, we we want to thank everyone here at Swamphead Brewery for allowing us to come record on site. What a great experience. It's beautiful out here. Um, most especially Michelle and Amanda, who um, I was in contact with and helped us get all set up to come record today. You can find us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Pops on Hops Pod, or you can email us at popsonhopspod at gmail.com. Wherever you're listening, there should be a link in the show notes to leave us a voice recording, if that is something that interests you. And on behalf of Hops and Pops, we'll see you next time. There is a sweetness and some bitters in the beer I'm drinking. Oh, our fight is complete. That was beautiful. Thank you. You're very welcome. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Not again.
Hi, I'm trying to reach Paul Zawaki. Uh, this is Barry Hummer from the Pops on Hops podcast. I got a lot of questions. Uh,